welcome to the Turn Up the Volume on Your Voice podcast with Charlotte Foster. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Turn Up the Volume on Your Voice. I hope you are well. This weekend, I have been to the One Voice conference in London. I was one of the speakers talking about, well, what do you think? Podcasts to a load of voiceover people. Must admit, bit of a surreal experience being there and being surrounded by lots of voices that I was sure I knew, but I just couldn't quite place. And of course, looking at faces really wasn't any help, but it was so much fun being back at an in-person event too. Although, like so many events, it was a hybrid event. So actually, what that meant was people could access it online. And I think some of the speakers were being beamed in from home as well. Now, I love events and conferences and before the pandemic ruined, I don't know, everything, well, maybe not quite everything, but before the pandemic came along and ruined the work I was doing, some of the work I was doing was actually working with events and conferences so that they had their very own podcast. Obviously, that got put on hold slash cancelled, whichever way you want to look at it, in March 2020. But it is something I keep thinking about more and more and being able to bring back into my work portfolio, work offerings, that kind of thing. And so I want to use this episode to explain why I think having a podcast specifically for your event is a, well, blinking brilliant idea. And do you know what? You don't have to work with me to have one for your event. I just want you to understand why it's such a good idea. So let's start off with why I think having a podcast for your conference or event indeed is a great idea. And I've just mentioned it, hybrid events, hybrid conferences, they're more than likely here to stay. Now, I am absolutely not making any huge leaps by declaring that. And let's be honest, I am not the only person to say it. But for sure, I reckon in the short to medium term, we're going to see people who are unable to travel, people who are potentially quarantined if they travel, people living under various different restrictions depending on where you are in the world. And yes, I am still sad and a little bit bitter about not being able to go to podcast movement this year. Uh, People whether even if they can go to events, are probably going to be cautious about going to in-person events too. And it's not just COVID-19 that people are worried about. I'll be honest, ahead of heading off to London this weekend, I was topping up my vitamin intake last week and I'm still doing it now that I'm back from London because over the last 18 months or so, I've not been around many people in one go. I've certainly not been on the tube. And I'll be honest, that was always germ infested, whether there was a pandemic going on or not. It's always a little bit grim. I'm not going to say black's not, but I just have. But that was a thing, right? And I certainly haven't been on a train. I can tell you last time I went on the train, apart from the weekend, February 2020. So I don't think my immune system is ready for the onslaught it's had this weekend. And if I don't have a cold by the end of this week, I'll be amazed and sending myself off to scientists for research. So it's that whole thing that not we've not had that opportunity to mingle, to be at in-person events. So people are going to be nervous of it and maybe taking that hybrid option where they can. So having a podcast as an option works brilliantly for people like me who are rarely going to sit down and watch a video of the event that they didn't go to in person. I just won't do it. 
I haven't got the attention span and I don't have the capability to schedule it into my day unless it's on a deadline and will disappear. I will though listen to a podcast because I can do that while I do other things. Now I know not everybody is like me, but I am absolutely not alone in this. I could have bought a virtual ticket to podcast movement this year, but I didn't because I have bought virtual tickets to events before. I have bought the replay to events before and a lot of them are sitting in my downloads folder doing nothing. Or even worse, I've not even clicked on it to download it or access the website or wherever it is. I just don't do it. And I can't do them live either a lot of the time because, well, time zones. Lots of stuff happens in America and I'm not in America. So I'm not going to watch those videos. And I'll be honest again, I'm saying I'll be honest a lot. It feels like I'm a liar at the moment. I'll be honest a lot. Had Podcast Movement offered a podcast, I'd have been all over it this year. And of course, I would have paid money for it. So that's why I think having a podcast as an option is a really good idea. But actually, as you'll soon hear, there's some more reasons why I think having a podcast as part of your event or conference offering is a really good idea. So first off then, let's look at what having a podcast specifically for your event looks like. Now, this is not a podcast that you do normally. This is a standalone series is what I say. And of course, when we talk about podcasting, anything in podcasting, the answer is always, it depends. Or more accurately, I should actually say, actually, it's really up to you how you want to podcast your event. I'm going to talk you through a few of the ideas that I have. Please don't think these are the only ways that you can or should do it. Best thing about podcasting is if you've got an idea for it, you can probably do it. So let's start off nice and simple. And there's nothing wrong with starting simply as long as we're doing it well. So the simplest option you've got is you can record what's been said on stage all the talks, the speeches, the workshops, the presentations, whatever you want to describe them as. This works well if your event is a conference and packed full of speakers. It allows attendees and indeed non-attendees to relive the talks and all the learnings they're going to get. I've been to so many conferences where I've been so busy scribbling notes down that I've probably missed some really good stuff. And there are so many times when I just want to be present in the moment when speakers are on stage and not feel as though I'm back at university or school and in a lecture, petrified and missing out all the important information. Because then I'm not there enjoying it. I'm not being there absorbing all of that atmosphere, all of that feeling. If I knew I had a podcast that I could go to and listen again and again and again from all of those talks, I would be so much happier. And yes, you can do this on video, but like I just said, how many video replays do I have and how many have I watched? Mm -hmm. The numbers do not add up. <sighs> I have though had access to podcasts from a conference I went to last year and I've listened to them because huh, I can do other things while listening to them. I don't have to dedicate a specific time to watching the videos at the loss of doing something else. The downside to all of this, of course, is that your speakers, if they've got a lot of visual stuff going on, that can get lost in the audio-only podcast. However, as with all things, I think everything is get-aroundable. So what you can do is you can link to the presentation that is given in the show notes or be really clever 
And what you could do is add an audio description of what they're showing in the post-production after the event. Just needs a bit of thinking ahead. Now, I know when I do a a, a speak, when I speak at events, I do have visuals, but you don't need them. They're there as an enhancement rather than a necessity. But others will have visuals that you need to see to make a point. So the benefit of recording all the speakers as your podcast is that you can offer it to attendees as a bonus. They get to hear all the talks they went to and the talks they didn't, either because there was a timing issue or a clash between two topics they wanted to look at. So this becomes a really good add-on. It also is a really useful marketing tool when it comes to selling your next event and booking speakers. You can also offer it as a standalone option for people who can't make your event. It's quite a simple process to do, technically speaking, and doesn't require huge amounts of post-production. Obviously, there is some work that needs to be done, but as a straight kind of record and go, it's not the most complex thing out there. So let's go beyond the stage then. Let's give the audience something extra. What can we do with that? Well, an easy extra to throw into the mix is what I call the red button service or the behind the scenes bonus. So for this, you can have interview episodes with the speakers, the attendees and others connected to the event. You can do these interviews ahead of time to help create a buzz. Uh, So if you've got a really big name keynote speaker, get an interview with them beforehand, what they're looking forward to, little hints about what they're going to be talking about, that kind of thing. Um, Or, of course, you could do the interviews at the event to capture the feeling of the event. So this is a bit tricky because it involves scheduling in that time. But again, knowing you are doing this in advance means that, you know what, when you're doing your scheduling, you can get the you can get the interview uh, bit put in as well. I really like getting your speakers to speak on the episode after they've delivered their speech, but don't just get them to talk about themselves. Get them to talk about their highlights from the event that they're attending and what they've learned or what they've benefited from throughout the time that they've been at your event. Because they're not likely, they might do a show and go of sorts, but then like to see some of it, they'll be around for a bit of it. So just get them to give their thoughts on your event. Same with your attendees. Get them to tell you their highlights, their takeaways. What are they going to do differently? What are the transformation moments? This is almost like a testimonial, but I don't want you to think of it as a testimonial. I want you to think of it as, you know, when you're having the chat in the bar afterwards and you've just been to see a really good talk, a brilliant keynote, and you're talking about, ah, that thing that he said really resonated with me. That thing that she said was just so, oh, I wrote it down and I need to think about how I'm going to use it for me. And this is what I'm going to do. It's that kind of buzz and feeling you really want to get. And if people are talking about the, you know, when so-and-so said this, you can play that bit in so that people can hear it for themselves. It's really exciting, I think, this. And so much you can do, especially when it comes to people's takeaways. Obviously not a chippy tea takeaway. It's the takeaways they're getting from the event. And don't forget, don't forget everybody else involved in the event. You can talk to them as well. And you as an organiser, especially if you need to handle any feedback from attendees. 
So my friends Leah and Nick, who host the VoiceOver Social podcast, are the official podcast of the One Voice Conference. Last year, they did a bit of holding to account for the organisers of the conference because there was a perceived lack of diversity of speakers. I really recommend you go and listen to it. So it's episode 30 of the VoiceOver Social where where they do this. So it's from last year. Um, and they just they just challenge a few of the a few of the um the thoughts there that there wasn't enough diversity of speakers. They talk about other stuff as well about how the event had to go online, all that kind of stuff. And actually, they sum up the whole uh, event in that episode as well. So have a listen to that really good example. They also then went and did a bonus episode after that episode where the organisers followed up on how they've changed their booking policy. So a good result by all and shows why it's worth tackling this kind of feedback and not being afraid to do so publicly. I also love the concept of a red button type director's commentary style take on the speakers. So get the speakers if you can. This involves planning, obviously, but get the speakers if you can to just have a have a listen to their speech and talk about what they're doing. You know, on old DVDs, the director's commentary would be like, and in this shot, we did this, but something went wrong and this, that, that. Do something similar to that. Honestly, lots of fun with that sort of thing. And then, of course, we can go all singing, all dancing, throw all the glitter, all the sparkles, add all the tits and all the tinsel to your offering type of thing. And in particular, this is perfect for events that aren't heavily speaker-based and have a theme or campaigning element. So what you do is you just plan a whole series. You start the podcast in the run-up to your event and do episodes discussing the themes and the topics that you're going to cover and explore at the event. You don't have to restrict yourself to only speaking to the people who will be at your event either. This is a great way to cast your net wider than simply the event and then get more interest and more buy-in and maybe more names. If the theme or campaign is something you really want to be associated with or known for, then creating a podcast around it, exploring the questions around it, exploring the thoughts around it is going to make that happen. You are going to be connected with it. Your podcast will be a way of starting discussions, starting conversations and starting conversations that will be carried on at the event and beyond if you're doing it well. And yes, I'm going to chuck in legacy here. Legacy might be a good old buzzword at the moment, but actually, if you really want to make a mark with your event or conference, then a podcast is ideal. It's there for the run up. It's there to record the day and it's there to reflect afterwards. And it's there online for as long as you want it to be. So going beyond the speakers on the stage gives so much extra value to the podcast. It makes it a production rather than simply a recording. And that will absolutely encourage people to listen and give you kudos and credibility. And of course, just because you're podcasting your event or your conference doesn't mean you should only put the podcast out at the time of your event. I've just mentioned it. Starting the event podcast in the weeks running up will create a buzz. It could create more people coming. You could almost have the podcast as like a fringe event for the main event, building it up, building it up and getting people excited about the the main event, the main conference, the main uh, thing that's going on. Imagine, right? 
a podcast that could be listened to before going. It's like that mini event. Your audience would get to know you and your conference, get to know the vibe, get to feel connected to what's happening. You'd have fewer people walking in on day one feeling a bit unsure about themselves and you'd have more people walking in on day one buying into what it is you do before they've even popped their lanyard around their necks that says they're an attendee. I tend to go to most conferences alone. I know, world's smallest island and all that, but generally it's okay by me. I'm used to it and I quite enjoy the away time. There are some conferences though I go to and I feel like a fish out of water, completely unsure of everything and everyone and doubting whether I belong there. I know that on so many of those occasions, if there had been a pre-event podcast to listen to, then I could use to start conversations with people. I could get to know what the event's going to sound like, what it's going to feel like, what my emotions are going to be like on the day. What am I going to be expecting? I'll just have that knowledge and I can talk to people about the podcast, about what's being talked on the podcast, especially if there are some really interesting discussions. It's a great icebreaker. You could arrange podcast listener sessions, podcast meetups while you're there to really grow that community you've built. I know that if there had been a pre-event podcast to listen to, then I would be armed, armed with conversation starters that I could do with somebody that I wasn't, that I'd never met before, armed with what the event's going to sound like, armed with what the event's going to feel like, armed with all kinds of podcast ammunition that means that when I walk in, I'm ready for it. I know what I'm getting up to. It really helps build that community you've built from your podcast and build that community into the event in real life, especially at the moment when people are just emerging from almost like a bit of hibernation as well. It would give me and I think a lot of other people a lot more confidence. So this is why I think having a podcast to go with your event, with your conference, gives you extra authority. It gives you extra kudos and it definitely gives you extra credibility. As always, if you want to find out a little bit more about this or chat to me about podcasts in general, how podcasting can work for you, you can absolutely do so. Go to my website, charlotte-foster.co.uk. Book yourself a 30-minute free talk for what you uh, want to have a chat with me about. And let's see if we can work together or I can point you in the right direction, if nothing else. Otherwise, follow me on uh, social media. This week, you're going to hear a lot about my cat buddy. He got run over last week and shot. So there's lots of cat pictures, gratuitous cat pictures. He is okay-ish. He's as okay as he's going to be at the moment. Um, He needs a big operation on his pelvis, but he's coming back to being a little bit annoying. And I've never been more grateful of an annoying cat. So yes, if you're following me on socials at the moment, there's going to be some cat pictures. I'm trying to get him TikTok famous so that I can pay for his, (laughs) his operation. Fingers crossed. Um, so yeah, my socials are at Charlotte Foster Podcast on Instagram, uh, Charlotte Foster on LinkedIn as well. And I might, I've might i been having a bit of fun on Twitter as well. So you can go at CF Podcasts on Twitter. If you want to follow Bo- Buddy's Recovery, you really don't. But if you do want to follow Buddy's Recovery, it is at Buddy Foster Pause. Pauses in cat pause, not pauses in silence. Right. That's me done. I'll speak to you next week.